welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD parents advocating against the experts. With us in our virtual studio is John today. This is an anonymous interview, um, really a lived experience that I'm real excited about. Uh, Before we get into the show real quickly, tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in celebration of... uh, their support, we're giving away uh, two free copies of Attention Magazine. Um, to get your copies, all you have to do is listen to this show and another show. And uh, in our shows, we'll reveal a secret word throughout the show. All you have to do is write those two words down on an email and send them to me. Uh, the email is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and we will email you a PDF copy of the current version of Attention Magazine and uh, one of the next issue that comes out when it does. Again, all you have to do is listen to this show another and email me the secret words at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Uh, Chad's got a little sip we're going to run, um, and then we're going to get into the show. So here we go. For adults with ADHD who struggle in the workplace, here are three tips. Use self-talk to monitor impulsive actions. Work with a coach to role-play appropriate responses to frustrating situations. Anticipate problems that regularly trigger you and develop coping routines. To learn more strategies, visit Chad's website at helpforadhd.org. Thanks, you, Chad, for, uh, for that tip and your support. For those that are not familiar, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. In simple terms, uh, they're the conduit which we speak with one voice on Capitol Hill, different re- regulatory agencies. They're the ones that are fighting up there to make sure uh, when the laws are passed that uh, the definitions of disability and ADHD are adequate uh, to help our tribe, if you will. We encourage all of our listeners to become members of CHAD for the simple reason that strong CHAD is a strong community. In addition to that, you get all kinds of great member benefits. Um, to learn more about CHAD, go to chadd.org. So, uh, again, uh, our topic tonight is basically uh, parents advocating against the experts, and uh, this is a lived experience. We have John, uh, who's come on to to join us, and our focus really is as a parent, you're out there navigating, uh, and there's a couple areas that we'd like to kind of just kind of help you uh, realize what the the real world is kind of about, so you can go into it with open eyes. And uh, so with all that, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Now, John, th- getting into this, um, you've been through this lived experience. You have a daughter that's um, got uh, some ADHD challenges. At a high level, when you started the process with this, uh, did you feel, like, knowledgeable and equipped to the to this situation, or uh, have you really kind of had to gain a, a, the knowledge of how to deal with this through the School of Hard Knocks kind of along the way? Just tell us a little bit about you know, your experience. Well, my experience, well, it started off when my daughter was, uh, oh, about three to four years old when, when something became kind of apparent, and we were dealing with our local pediatrician, and they were trying to help, but weren't that knowledgeable about it. Um, we did, things did get better when we started to deal with um, 
people who are specific into the areas of development of delays in young kids. And that gave us some hope and gave us some idea. We, it, at the time, it, we thought it gave us an idea as to what this was going to be all about. And it's not that they didn't tell us um, the truth at the time. It was just we had a lot to learn ourselves. But then as my daughter started school, we had to deal with the school systems and their opposing views of things and deal with the back and forth to try and keep things on track and try to um, just get the appropriate perspective and the appropriate help for our daughter. Um, that that really became a challenge over time. Um, you know, now that my daughter is in high school, we have come a long way and things have improved, but it's there were times of significant frustration along the way of just getting people to listen and just getting people to, to, to stop doing what they always do or what they always have done with kids they thought were similar to my daughter. I like, I like what you said, getting people to listen. Uh, we like to pay attention to attention on the show, and when people are paying attention to just kind of uh, protocols and stuff, like we, we often say sometimes is ADHD is great when you have a label because sometimes it gets you accommodations and stuff, but the problem with labeling stuff is people stop listening. It's a one-size-fits-all strategy, and, and it sounds like that's over there. Um, question because you, you alluded to the school system with opposing views but and I'd like to get into that in detail but uh, tell us about the diagnosis process because it wasn't cut and dry for you um, so in dealing with some experts on that to try to get the right diagnosis just talk about, about that experience and working with the professionals to kind of hone in on it yeah that, that's a good um, differentiator because I called the professionals and then I call then I refer to the pseudo professionals uh, the professionals I refer to um, pe people who are specifically focused in the area of developmental delays and childhood development. The pseudo-professionals is more like the school system. And even pediatricians to some extent, because pediatricians are just general medical for kids and not really experts in that area. It really began with our pediatrician talking about my daughter's speech and delays, um, and he directed us to things like the local intermediate units, which immediately started to throw up diagnoses like Asperger's or um, autism, spectral disorders, those types of things. And that's when we decided, listen, we need to get someone who knows more about it. And we went to, um, that was a bit of a frustration because the best expert in the region had a one-year waiting time to get in to see her. So we were actually went to a, going to a different location to get some type of handle on the situation. And that's when we went to a hospital, and um, a lady, we were able to get it in three months. So we were like, okay, let's get somewhere. And what they diagnosed my daughter with was she, um, it's not associated with Asperger's or autism. She has an, a, a developmental delay in expressive language. Um, what that means is she can hear everything you say, and she understands it and can process it internally, but she has a hard time getting the words out of her mouth. It's kind of like, word retrieval you want to say the word red but it just isn't coming to the top of your head yep. um, the good news is is that by the time these kids are in high school they have standard um, speech patterns which at this point I would agree my daughter is well on her way to having a standard speech pattern she also has she's also not the most coordinated kid on the planet um, as far as gross motor skills and fine motor skills and at the time they labeled her high-risk ADD and at this point it's She's got ADD. There's no risk about it. She's got it. Um, and they also told us that because of her language problem, the language problem would create social problems. 
Um, when she was at five or six years of age, she could get one word out at a time, and that's about it. Um, so she had a hard time keeping up with the other girls as far as interacting socially. It tended to be more verbal type of interaction on the playground. And, you know, she ran like, you know, 10 to 20% slower than every other kid on the playground. So playing dodgeball or it tag with the other boys, that wasn't happening either. So that's kind of where we started. And the other thing that the, that the uh, doctors warned us about is the school system wouldn't understand how much my daughter knew because she would have a hard time getting it out. Again, it's back to this verbal barrier. So we had one physician evaluator, and then nine months later we had a second physician also specializing in the area of uh, developmental delays. And we actually had the we didn't tell the second physician. Well, the second time she was evaluated locally, um, they knew we had had her evaluated someplace else by asking them to evaluate it independent or without knowing what the other findings were. And they were okay with that. When they got done, it was pretty good. I would say they had about 80% overlap as far as their evaluation of her, um, and which in this area I thought that was pretty good. Um, so based on that, we went into the school system and school began. And basically that's where the frustrations occur because the label the school system wanted to put on my daughter because of the language problem was some form of Asperger's or, or autism, oh. and that's just not what she is. And the battle has always been that the school system, you know, these are well-meaning people. But my daughter, as when the doctors have told me, is like one in 5,000, which means she's probably the only kid in the school district that has this particular makeup of things. And the, and the school just doesn't have that many different labels to put on kids. So they kind of put her in the most convenient bucket they could, which was kind of an Asperger's type of variant and that's not what she is. And when they tried to apply all the usual Asperger's type of support, it didn't go well. And that's where yep. the, 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 the give and take went. So what I'm hearing you say a little bit is when you, when you, when you first got into this, you started dealing with a pediatrician who's not an expert in developmental delays. And it took a while to get to the experts. In fact, it took you a little while to find something, get on the waiting list to really get a, a accurate diagnosis. And one of the things that I know um, that's a bit of a challenge. 60% of the time they say ADHD um, has a comorbid condition. In other words, there's another condition. And we've done other shows on here talking about like ADHD uh, and depression, ADHD and dyslexia, ADHD and bipolar, ADHD and OCD. Mm-hmm. And often it's difficult to discern some of those. And to really get the right diagnosis is really to get to the professionals uh, that know this, uh, the, the experts in the area, not the, I'm going to say the pseudo experts, um, and everybody out there, sometimes that is difficult to do. Uh, uh, John here is located not in a major metropolitan area, but not in a rural area, and so that's difficult. And so I think a, a real key here is if you're, if you're struggling, you're hearing some, or some challenges, make sure you get the experts. Um, John, what I'd like to do is go to a break. Uh, and then come back and then talk about the, the school system because I think this will be really, really intriguing for our listeners. Our secret word tonight is expert. Again, our secret word tonight is expert. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. 
Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change the lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with John talking about his lived experience and his daughter. Uh, Before the break, we're really talking about uh, the diagnosis part. We've talked a lot about this with shows and some of the difficulties sometimes in getting the accurate diagnosis. Um, It's really important because it's hard to treat if you... Uh, it's hard to treat whatever it is if you don't know what you're treating, and it's really important to kind of hone that in before the break. Uh, John was telling us about some of the intricacies of what they had, and we're kind of moving into the school system environment now. We've got a little bit of a complex diagnosis and really trying to have to navigate that. So um, I think you had said, John, that uh, before the break that the schools might have opposing views of things, and you were also talking about buckets and labels and kind of stuff. Um, of that, can you can you kind of pick it up where you left off and just kind of tell us about the experience, and we'll we'll get into advocating for your uh, your daughter within that system. Yeah, sure. Like I said, the um, the school system, and these are well-meaning people. And, and and by the way, the school system that we are in, my daughter is in a public educate in a public school system, but it is a by all means a well-funded school system. Where it's ranked in the top twelve in the state. So it's not like there's a lack of resources at that school system. Um, but like I said, they have, a, they have a limited number of labels. They applied an Asperger's-type label, and they moved forward from there. And as a result of that, and, and, and this is a real, you know, just thinking about it kind of gets me angry to this day. They come at it. They're working with it. They bring their label, and – the, the communication to the parent was not as free-flowing as it should have been. Um, you know, and, they, and when they did, when they said they're doing X, Y, and Z for my daughter, and I would say, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. The attitude you get off of them is like you're in denial is the best way of describing it. Like, oh, this parent doesn't realize you know, what their daughter really has or really doesn't have, and uh, don't worry, we can take care of it. And that was a real frustrating thing in the early grades is the school system was going to take care of it. They knew best. They knew what was supposed to be done. And when it didn't go well, they didn't really tell us that 
very quickly. I mean, there were times when my daughter was acting out severely in classroom for practically every day for months, months, and we didn't know because they were going to take care of it. Um, that was a huge area of frustration because when I found out that there had been problems, it wasn't a recent problem been going on for a long time. And then we, and then we find out what, what's happening and try to face it, address it with the school systems, and then we'd find out even more information. So there was this lack of communication going back and forth. It all really came to a head at about fourth grade, and that's where it really culminated. Um, my daughter's teacher herself had a child she had a son in high school who was Asperger's, and she really wanted to view everything from the perspective of Asperger's. And, you know, my daughter was having complete meltdowns in classrooms. In the end, it turned out, my daughter's meltdowns were based on the simple fact that she didn't want to do the work. And out of complete frustration, the school finally called us in, and they kind of told us what was going on. And we kind of turned to them and we're like, this is not our daughter. What you're describing is not her. What you, how you were treating her is not what she is. And at that point, I think the, the school was at a point of frustration. They were willing to listen to our input. And, um, and at that point, we're like, we, we, we created a system where it's like, my daughter is going to carry around a piece of paper to every school teacher she goes to in class, and they give her a check mark as far as behavior and and an attitude and, and effort. And when she got home that night, I would see it. And I'll never forget we we created this whole thing, this whole idea on a big meeting on a Thursday at school, and on Friday it was going to be explained to my daughter this was going to happen at the beginning of next week. And Monday came, and the system began, and an hour into school. I got a phone call from the school saying that my daughter had not had a very good morning and therefore knew there were going to be consequences when she got home and wanted to know if, you know, could she re-earn back, you know, you know, if she behaved for the rest of the school day, could she, you know, avoid those consequences? And I'm talking to the, to the teacher. I'm like, you do realize what she's doing, right? And the teacher was silent. I'm like, she's trying to renegotiate the deal an hour into it. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment the teacher finally realized that she'd been being manipulated for the past six months by my daughter. The whole time. Wow. And four days later, I got emails like, oh, my heavens, this girl really can behave herself and she really can control herself. What had been happening for for a couple of years is my daughter had been living down to expectations. They expected her not to be able to behave herself and not be able to control herself. They expected her to behave like an Asperger's kid. They expected that, and she lived down to the expectations. Now, wow. that same that same teacher who had been, you know, focused on it had to be this. She later became one of our biggest advocates, and this is the next thing was going from year to year because you you generate this knowledge, you get people out of the out of the standard way of looking at stuff and applying the standard solution to to your kid, and you finally get them all straightened out and working correctly, and then the school year is over, and you come back next year and you have a whole new crop you got to educate. Unfortunately, so, go, go ahead. 
right, so so you're having to re-educate the system every year on the intricacies of your daughter. Correct. In fact, I remember sitting there one time, like, I'm willing to take the entire school's um, teachers, whoever's going to deal with my kid every year in August, I'll take them all out to the most expensive lunch we can in town just so I can have their attention to educate them about my daughter. No, I, no, they never took oh. me up on that. I was I was surprised. <laughs> um, I tell you what, just we need to go, kind of go to a break. So just to kind of summarize is you, you get into the school system, you're anxious to put a, la- a label and kind of put them into the process uh, and – and I, the frustrating is, is the parent is in denial. They've got this thing covered. And at the end of the day, you know your daughter better than the school system does, and you're able to sit there and say, wait, she's, she's, she's playing the game here, which kind of gets to the point of this particular show is to really you – have, you have experts out there, you have pseudo-experts out there, but there's a certain level of just really understanding your own child and getting involved in the process uh, because you've got to do that, and sometimes you've got to advocate against them. Uh, we come back and really want to kind of get into the, the re-education process every year because it does sound like there's a lot there. For everyone, our uh, secret word tonight is expert. Again, our secret t- word tonight is expert, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with John uh, having a great discussion about ADHD parent advocating uh, kind of against the experts in the school system. Um, before the break, we were talking about how you go in and you work with the teachers and you get everything right and everybody's kind of got everything kind of moving forward. And the next year, you've got a whole new wave in that you've got to, you've got to fight the system again the next year uh, to make those adjustments. And uh, <laughs> a nice lunch um, and a nice restaurant was proposed to kind of do that, but uh, it, you weren't taken up on that. So it sounds to me like – I'm not going to say the battle begins, but there's an advocating process that has to take place now every single year – and it's, I'm, I'm going to guess it takes weeks before all that stuff kicks in. Can you just talk about your experience with that? Weeks? More like months. Um, <laughs> um, every year, starting oh, in elementary school, mostly through middle school, um, there 
we began and you know beginning of the year is stressful and and I could understand give my daughter a little bit of time to settle into the to what to what's going on the classes the teachers the students and um the best year um we finally got the school's attention around Thanksgiving the worst year we got the school attention around St. Patrick's Day um it it was um and uh, you get frustrated and 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 one of the things that I always try to remember you know don't you don't want to make this an adversarial relationship between you and the school. These are the people who are working with your kid every day. You certainly don't you you, you want to be working together. And uh, I always try to keep that in mind when I, when I interacted with the school. But one year, I think it may have been seventh grade, when I think that was the year we finally had the discussion close to St. Patrick's Day. It's the beginning to the middle of March, and we're sitting there in the meeting with eight or ten teachers and the either the principal or the vice principal. And at that point, I guess out of total frustration, I lost it. And I finally, like, this happens every freaking year. My daughter loses half a year of education because of acting out in school because you guys won't talk to us. You know, I turned to the vice principal. I'm like, you know, my daughter's losing her education because you guys won't talk to us by before Halloween. You know, why do you guys mm-hmm. want to think you can handle it yourself? You know, you don't understand the back history of this kid. You don't understand um, you know, what it took to get this kid this year. And that was kind of like I remember walking out of, out of the school after the meeting and my wife was with me and I'm like I know I shouldn't have said it. I know I shouldn't have said it. And she's like, you know, she understood why I said it cuz she's just as frustrated as I was. Um, however, things have gotten better. Um, I don't know if the, me standing up and demanding attention or in the middle of class got got the attention, but things have improved. Um, one of the um, one of the things that's interesting living in my town is my daughter's doctor in the area of developmental delays. It's not uncommon for me to run into her at the grocery store. And as I uh, this year, my daughter's a freshman in high school and doing rather well. Um, and um, miraculously, communication in high school is ten times what it was in elementary school. Like, why did I have to wait till my daughter was a freshman in high school to have regular communication with all the teachers and stuff? And I mentioned that I was standing in the grocery store and you know, with my shopping cart, with my daughter's doctor, with her shopping cart. And, you know, just having kind of a conversation, how's it going? And I said, yeah, it's a miracle. It's like they actually have lots of, you know, casual interactions, the emails, the phone calls, you know, it's actually gotten better. And she turned to me and said, yeah, that seems to be a trend in most schools. The closer you get to high school, the, the better the communication is. And she said she didn't have any clue why that was. I can only speculate. But as it's got, as I've gotten later in the school system, the communication has improved. And um, I think that's a, a big part of why my daughter's doing better. Um, that, and I think she's, um, um, you know, the, the, this is kind of off the topic of dealing with the pseudo-experts in the school system, but my daughter has learned to work the system as opposed to fight the system. And uh, right. getting, ha- having success like that, she wants to continue to work to work the system and do well. So it's like to the parents out there who are starting this journey or in the middle of it, my experience has been is, you know, 
you know, as the, as you get later in the school system, the communication does improve. Um, and, you know, whenever they're telling you stuff, you know, your kid needs this or the kid is doing this for this, that, and the other, if it doesn't sound like it's your kid, it's not your kid. Um, and you just have to, you know, be diligent and keep, 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 keep the long-term, um, you know, vision in, 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 in sight and just work with them. So the, we, we, we had talked a little bit before this interview had kind of come on and, and going through this and, and kind of what I'm hearing in the backdrop, and I want to kind of pull this out because I think it's implied in what we said, but not explicitly is that, um, getting to the professionals and getting to the developmental experts and getting the education has helped arm you to communicate with the pseudo professionals um, in the process because early on, even when they, they identify the school system is going to have a hard time with this because it's not going to fit in one of their buckets and you getting the education over the years, uh, my intuition is that's what helped you kind of advocate for your daughter in that school system. While it be it frustrating, there is a certain amount of having to stand up through the process. Now, am I putting, putting thoughts and words in your head, or, or does that kind of get to the core of this? Oh, yeah, that's a big part of it is, is get, 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 get outside input and um, find the people who say things that sound like your kid. And that kind of gave me the confidence to know that the school was wrong. Well, not necessarily wrong. You know, these people are trying to help. They are trying to do what's best. They just don't have the background. And you don't know what their workload is and how many kids they're having to deal with. Um, but, yeah, it, it was very much of get get educated on the outside of the school system. And then you can bring that back into it, and it gives you confidence and to some extent, if you can throw data in front of them, it starts to turn their head a little bit. So just uh, everybody, this is forgive me. For some of you that don't like statistics, you can check out here for a second. Those that, that do is at the end of the day, school systems got to play to everybody. And when you got a kid that's more than two standard deviations for the mean or even three, you start to talk about outliers. And you really need to understand and advocate for your kid and the professionals because they can only really handle so much. Because I think, uh, John, as you said at the beginning, these are everybody's well-intended in, in this system. Uh, but the, the key really here is don't get intimidated by the system. And if your kid's got some special stuff, understand your kid, understand what's going on, get to the developmental professionals. Not an easy thing to do. I'm not going to say this is a piece of cake. That's where you go. Get the education and then stand up against the pseudo-professionals and realize they're doing the best they can. The most you can do is really try to understand your kid and communicate to, to them as best you can and be patient in the process. And, uh, John, it certainly sounds like you found some success, at least with the process, because things are looking up now that she's in, in high school. I'm not sure, sure you're totally out of the woods, but certainly it has improved. Um, to be an accurate summation, you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, my daughter, I mean, you know, her, 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 uh, her obstacles as far as uh, language have improved dramatically, so she's functioning much better, um, and she's actually starting to interact better with her peers and have you know friends, which was a huge, that, huge concern for us. Um, the school system seems to be listening somewhat more, and it's kind of like you know we seem to be on a good roll where um, you know her her obstacles to success have reduced over time, and she's reaching a critical point. Um, there's a really good anecdotal story I have on that, too, about how she's doing better. Um, we got a call early in the year that in English class, and you can imagine with a girl with a development of light and speech, English is not her best subject. 
and she was correcting some of the other kids when they were getting something wrong and not necessarily being that polite about it. So they were telling her, you know, you, you need to be nicer than that. And um, they communicated to me that this was happening. And this is something where um, the, you know, you as a parent, you're the common thread who's seen everything from kindergarten on up. And I sat there and I thought for a minute, and I thought from my daughter's perspective on this. And I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And I talked to her later that night about it. And I said, these kids in class that you paired up with, that when they get something wrong, you're correcting them. Were these some of the same kids who were doing the same thing to you when you were in third grade? Where they were constantly correcting you? But, of course, you couldn't use your, you know, your, you, you couldn't push back. You couldn't say much because you're having a hard time expressing yourself. And my daughter said, well, yeah. So this is basically payback. Oh. Or, and the school would have never gotten that. And my daughter looked at me. It's like, you know, so for years, these kids were always on the side correcting you and, you know, making you feel lousy about it. And now that you have an opportunity to do it back to them, it's payback time. The school would have never saw that because the kids, the, the, everyone dealing with her in high school, were not the ones dealing with her in elementary school. Wow. So we did a, we did a, you know, I, I, so I kind of sat there and once my daughter realized, you know, I don't know if she was completely realized what was going on. And I said, you know, tell you what, honey, you be a better person today than they were to you then. You know, you be the bigger person and the problem resolved itself. But wow. it's just like as, as the parent, you're the one who sees the continuity. You're the common thread. And, uh, and, and the other thing as a parent you have to do is, you know, as far as what's working, you got to keep up. You got to keep observing. You got to keep, uh, you know, be, making fresh observations. You may think you understand what's best for the kid this year, but two years from now, it may be different. So you have yep. to keep it's making a, fresh observations. Yep, that's and that's that's a bit of a trick because the kids change so much through the process. So, um, need to kind of pull this together and kind of wrap it up. Uh, what I hope everybody got out of today is is that uh, get the education, understand your kid, advocate for them through the process. Don't be afraid of it. But the, I think the key really here, John, is, is you gotta, you gotta know your kid. You gotta pay attention to the kid. You gotta get the education, get to the professionals, understand what's kind of going on and don't be afraid to, to go up against the system. The system is really well intended, but they really need your participation and your support. So with that, any other last thoughts before we close this up? Just keep, just, just believe in your kid. If, you know, my wife at one point realized if she didn't believe in her daughter, don't expect anybody else to. So you you just got to believe in them and and understand you're going to get there, um, and just have faith that 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 you're doing the best you can. And you're going to make a mistake or two, and don't beat yourself up over that. Um, but just keep working the system and keep trying to learn more as you go. Absolutely. So thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Everyone, we hope you enjoyed tonight. Uh, again, our secret word tonight is expert. Um, again, we hope that you got something from this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.